Portions of the following program may be pre-recorded. Good morning, and welcome to Connections Radio Show, where we talk about ideas that matter. I'm glad you've made the connection and are with us today. I'm Lori Fitz, your host, and the goal of our show is to explore a wide range of topics that challenge us to see ourselves, our community, and the world around us, and get us thinking, get us talking, get us wondering, get us imagining, get us um, inspired to do a bit more because we've made the connection. Our topic today is Reconnecting Rondo. And big thanks goes to Rick Bernardo, who helped pull this all together, our, our producer for this show. So big thank you to, to our friend Rick. Um, and today we'll be focusing on the Reconnect Rondo Youth Council. And they have presented a new podcast series that just kicked off this week, Voices of Rondo. And it highlights youth voices on the history of systemic racism in American transportation policy. And this youth-driven podcast is featuring Twin Cities metro area high school students. And I have some of them here today. But before we uh, introduce these wonderful, magnificent students that I'm looking forward to having a great conversation with, I'm going to introduce Scott Harold, who you have all heard on our show before. He is the CEO and founder of Rock the Cause Records. And Tim Hunt, who is supporting with public relations and just part of the team to make it happen and get it out there. So, Scott, I'm going to start with you. Tell us a little bit about um, you bringing this to, to Rick as an idea mm-hmm. and why this is so important. Yeah, sure. Well, first of all, thank you, uh, AM950, for having these amazing, wonderful young people on here today. Um, sorry, I'm getting emotional. We have been working so hard at this podcast for two years, and it's it's been really an incredible experience to watch these young people grow uh, learn the history of Rondo and other communities like it that were destroyed by and displaced by transportation policy, but also develop the career skills that they're developing. So it's really been a beautiful effort with these young people, and I'm just so thankful and happy that we are here to share their voices today because it's really about them today, and they are amazing. And Tim, Tim, you you just recently joined this group, right? Yes, yes, yes. So my name is Tim Hunt. I'm the Marketing Communications Director uh, for Reconnect Rondo. And I'm super excited to be a part of this project and uh, walk alongside the, the students on this, this journey because, you know, the youth voices matter, and it's super um, exciting to to hear what the the podcast is and what it's about, and just see the excitement of such an important topic that these uh, the youth are are leading. So it's really exciting. And before we introduce the students, I have one more question for you. Yes, for those that might not know about what Reconnect Rondo is, yeah, tell me just just top line how important this is, and and what the end goal is of Reconnecting Rondo. Yeah, so 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 Reconnect Rondo really is a community-led organization. So Reconnect Rondo um, and Rondo um, as a whole, obviously, you know, the historic neighborhood, really we are focused on uh, reinvigorating uh, the historical Rondo neighborhood. And that's in St. Paul. That is in St. Paul. That is in St. Paul. And, um, and if you're going down 94, yep. you're getting off on Dale. Yep. And that, that 94 cut... The community of Rondo, uh, pretty much, if, if not in half, at least a third was lopped off. 
in no. in terms of the 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 community, and that was done in the fifties, right? Yep, yep. And, and I mean, you you got it right on the head. Um, I-94 slashed through um, the historic Rondo neighborhood and displaced um, 80% of the African-American community that was um, in St. Paul. So, um, you know, really did some some displacement and damage to that historical Rondo neighborhood. And so Reconnect Rondo is all about uh, reinvigorating um, that once vibrant African-American neighborhood. And with that, I'd love to have you introduce. Yes, yes. Right. So they, they speak for themselves. So um, I'd love uh, for the students that, that made it here to introduce themselves. So. Um, I'm Stone Williams. I'm a student, uh, a senior at HSRA, the High School for Recording Arts, where we regularly work on the Voices of Rondo podcast. And I do editing and music production for the podcast. And as I recall... You wrote some music. Oh, yeah. No, I actually do. I I write my own music. Uh, that's Stone Williams. You can find me anywhere you'd like. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, Absolutely. A little plug there. Erica. Hi, everybody. My name is Erica Lee. I'm a senior at Brooklyn Center High School, and I'm a show host, narrative writer, researcher, and editor for the Reconnect Rondo Youth Council. My name is Javier Soto. Uh, I also go to the high school for recording arts. I edit. I somewhat produced and I'm also a co-host. My name is uh, Moises Soto Puente. Uh, I'm a senior at Brooklyn Center High School and I'm one of the hosts. I, uh, I'm an editor, I uh, write the script, and I research. And to find this amazing podcast, you can go to reconnectrondo.com and when you go to that, you can hit the news tab or you can go to YouTube. And when you go to YouTube, you can have uh, just Reconnect Rondo typed in, and you'll see these amazing students. I have been um, so privileged to, to be able to enjoy the podcast and then meet these incredible students, and I'm just, it's, I'm filled with joy to have you here today. I also love your perspectives, and I think it's really important that the youth perspective is is allowed to have voice on Connections Radio here today. And what I'd love to start with is why why was this important to you? Why did this mean so much to you to have this podcast be created? And for this, I'm going to start with Moises. Um, you know, throughout uh, my life, you know, there wasn't, like, any questioning of, like, highways because, like, they're all around us, but, like, people never, like, question, like, how did they get there? Because, you know, back when I was, like, very young, I, was, I thought we discovered the highways and that we just, like, <laughs> built around them, but that was not the case. Um, you know, this, earlier this year, I, you know, stumbled upon, you know, the Reconnect Rondo program and started learning about the displacement of highways to, of communities, and that was the first time I've heard of that. Uh and, you know, that's the testament to our education system. But anyways, it's important because it affected everyone, specifically African-American communities all across the nation, not just in Rondo. So having youth voices on that um, will elevate it uh, even more. That's why it's important. Javier, tell me why it was important to you to work on this. So <clears throat> I've lived in Rondo since I was 12, I think. Um, but I wasn't really aware of all the history and, like, the cultural significance until I started to go into the High School for Recording Arts, um, which is also in Rondo. Um, and 
on my first day there, probably, is when I was introduced to the program from Scott. Um, not fully, but, you, you know, just kind of him telling me what it's about. Um, and I hadn't realized just how in-depth it all was um, and how sad just the story was. It's really devastating, everything that happened. Urban renewal is something that you talk about in the podcast. And yeah. that quote of urban renewal was was good for some mm -hmm. and horrific for others. Absolutely. And having a highway go through the heart of a rich, thriving business community that was predominantly African-American um, is a heartbreak. And a heartbreak then and a heartbreak for generations that followed in terms of how many dollars were lost, um, generational changes that you all were able to talk about so well in your podcast. Erica, tell me why it was important to you. So, I mean, first and foremost, I think, I think that it's really dangerous how this country really does not want us to know history and what really happened and so i mean like you have like schools and states like banning books various places like i just so the, that's the reason why i really took this so that i can educate myself because like i'm born and raised in minnesota in the twin cities and like the amount of times that i've driven down i-94 in my life like i never knew about the history i never knew about the pain and hardship that was caused to the people of rondo and, and is still being enacted upon them and so, yeah, yeah. In, in the podcast, you share some sadness about moving away from Minneapolis mm -hmm. and that you had wanted to stay in your North Minneapolis and, and you miss the culture of the North Minneapolis. If you want to share a little bit about exactly. that. Exactly. That's, that's, that's another thing, too. Like, I feel like that also, like, added some, like, understanding. Like, there's so many people who descend from Rondo that can't afford to stay there. And so they have to leave. And so... I really was able to connect with that. And, like, it just makes me sad how I, – I just I just think it's sad how so many black and brown people have to leave their communities to chase safety and, and opportunities. And that, that, that just added a whole other level of connection to this project for me. Stone, you've recently joined the Rondo group, the Reconnect Rondo. Yes, I have. Tell me – what it means to you and and why it was important for you to be a part of this i think uh my experience with reconnect rondo kind of started just because i saw it as an opportunity to like use my media abilities and like my editing history to like just work with some of my friends on something but after listening to the podcasts and like fully diving deep into it i really got to understand the history of where i grew up similar to javi like i've been in Rondo since I was born and never understood really most of the events that take place such as the gentrification that I've witnessed and just like seeing my neighbors who I really love just go away because they can't afford the place no more. And when you don't have an understanding of the actual negative causes of gentrification, you can be confused as to like, is this a good thing? Is this a bad thing? And I think it's just important that I work with you guys to understand more about the culture that I've been a part of this whole time. You know. I'd like to have a part of the podcast be shared. I know we're towards the end of the segment, but I'd love to have that segment be shared. And then, then I'll say a few words after that before we go to break. It happened in Rondo and you could like see the impact that it had on the community and the individuals and their lives and their homes. And it, like, it happened across the country too, right? It was like, this was an effort of you know building highways and of this 
so-called urban renewal um, mm-hmm. across the U.S. to like, you know, encourage suburbanization and help, uh, you know, ostensibly help cities, but actually destroy these these communities like Rondo. And so this is a pattern that kind of recurs so often um, that we yeah. see has such a visceral impact in Rondo. And that's just a snippet to get you excited about listening yourselves to this great podcast. Again, you can go and listen to uh, Reconnecting Rondo by going to reconnectrondo.com or you can go to the YouTube. Highly encourage going to the YouTube. Very easy to get to. Reconnect Rondo. Uh, it's a very moving podcast that also has some great videos that the students have worked on. Very informative, very thoughtful, um, and and something that that we should honor by honoring the voices of the young people and how they have brought this to us uh, to and a way to look to the future. So we'll be right back. Uh, it only gets better. <laughs> We're going to be talking more and more with these students and their vision um, for making change. Morning and welcome back to Connections Radio Show, where we talk about ideas that matter. And this week we are talking about reconnecting Rondo, and I have some wonderful students uh, to share the story of what they're doing as part of the Reconnect Rondo Youth Council in presenting a new podcast series, Voices of Rondo. Uh, Scott Harold, who is the CEO and founder of Rock the Cause Records, uh, this has been a heart journey. Yes. For for Scott in in supporting this podcast and yes. supporting um, where this goes. So tell me a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, in addition to the mini hats I wear, I do teach the business of music and media at the High School for Recording Arts in St. Paul, um, which is an incredible school that is in Rondo. And um, we have some other teaching facilitators that are also High School for Recording Arts staff involved with this. But about two years ago, almost to the date, um, I got connected to this program uh, through Keith Baker, who is the executive director of Reconnect Rondo, who had an idea for building an internship program and a paid workforce discovery program. And I thought, oh, this is amazing. You know, I, I was involved with students uh, who helped SPNN and St. Paul Almanac make the Rondo Beyond the Pavement documentary. So this this was something that felt second nature. And I'm like, yes, this is absolutely something that's important and must be done. So we brought this to the High School for Recording Arts and recruited students and started uh, doing research and educating and getting our sea legs on in terms of being media professionals. Wonderful. I know that the first podcast delves into the history of Rondo, uh, which once was a thriving center for the African-American culture, business, politics, music. Um, and it, it, these students discuss uh, how it has evolved and changed over the years. And with that, I'd love to have Stone want you uh, kick us off and introducing all the high school students that are all part right. of this project. Uh, my name is Stone Williams. I'm a musical artist, and I do video editing for the Voices of Rondo podcast. I'll let you introduce yourself. Hi, everybody. My name is Erica Lee. I'm a show host, narrative writer, researcher, and video editor for the Reconnect Rondo Youth Council. My name is Javier Soto. I'm an editor and a host. My name is Moises Soto Puente. I am an editor and also host. 
And to listen to this wonderful podcast, I highly recommend going to reconnectrondo.com. Uh, you can then hit the news tab or you can go to the YouTube and listen to Reconnect Rondo or look up Reconnect Rondo and you can listen to their podcast. To start us off, I think I'm going to have a segment um, be shared so you can get a taste of the show. And then when we come back, we're going to hear uh, from the students about the research. We'll tend to um, kind of mix up like affordable housing and slums. You know, they kind of yeah. group them together, which is not the case at all. And like you see a lot of gentrification happening in Rondo. Like there are so many families that can't afford housing in Rondo and they've been living in this in this neighborhood for generations and they have to leave and go find somewhere else because they just right. can't afford to stay right. here, to live yeah. here. The Yeah, the highway's impact is like truly just generational and has like long lasting effects, like mm -hmm. with housing and with wealth. I think um, there were there were studies done to show like that the average wealth in Rondo is just so much lower than in the rest of the you know city because yeah, so like Woodbury or something yeah compared or the suburbs especially yeah. and that was not the case before the highway was built yeah. and so that's like a direct effect here and it's having impacts decades down the line wonderful work you all I was moved by the research that you all had done. Um, there was a video that was part of this that showed about the history and the redlining. Um, very clear overviews that I think not enough people know about. So what I'd love to do is I will start with Erica this time. And Erica, tell me about the research that uh, you did and some of the key findings or the key pieces of research that, that you wanted to bring to life. Yeah, so I did a lot of research, of course, on the community of Rondo, but then also many other predominantly black communities and historically black communities across the country. And I feel like that was the most impactful for me, like being able to draw those connections between Rondo and so many other communities across the country. Because whenever you look at things like systemic racism, like there's patterns. It's not just like, oh, there's just this, this crazy thing happening up here, but it's happening nowhere else. Like there's patterns and being able to see those patterns and being able to see those connections was really impactful for me. Javier. Um, well, for one, I'm just going to refer to it as the Bloomberg article because that's how we've been talking about it, I guess. But um, there was this whole article that just went in depth about, you know, places all over the nation that have had similar, you know, problems to Rondo. Like, um, was it Midtown Miami, mm -hmm. uh, Houston, Texas, New Orleans, New Orleans Detroit. Yeah. Just and, everywhere. And what happened was a highway came through and just ripped through a, a strong African-American community yes. and basically decimated the community right. in terms of being able to stay a whole uh, and be able to impacted business, impacted music, culture, restaurants, <clears throat> life, homes, uh, places that were thriving that with urban renewal, a uh, highway went through and destroyed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, in almost every case, you know, maybe not through. I know there are some highways that uh, were placed like above neighborhoods. Um, but the important part is that the highway was built there um, and that lives. And it could have gone someplace else. Anywhere but there <laughs> is basically the case everywhere. Hmm. Different alternative routes, stuff like that. Javier. Uh, oh. Moises. Moises. <laughs> We've had Javier. Now we're going to Moises. Um, 
you know, in our research, we stumbled upon other organizations that are doing the work of um, restorative justice in other communities across the nation. Uh, we stumbled upon the um, the Claiborne Avenue Alliance. We actually interviewed their co-founder, uh, Amy Stelly. Um, and, you know, the insight uh, to that community, you see these parallels, you know, as Erica said. Uh, you know, they start off, you know, thriving at black uh, businesses, black-owned businesses, and then out of nowhere, they just, um, a highway's placed there, uh, despite there being alternative routes. Uh, you know, Rondo, there was a northern route that mm-hmm. would have went through some... Pierce Butler. Yeah, that would have went through some railroads. but And to not sa- disturbed to, any community. Yeah. No, uh, but to save two minutes, air mm-hmm. quotes, uh, they put it through Rondo. Uh, in Treme, there was two highways that were planned, one going through the French Quarter and one through go- going through the Treme community. But the people in the French Quarter protested against it. They lobbied against it, and they were su- successful. Right? Mm-hmm. Rightfully so, right? Mm-hmm. You don't want a highway going through a community. Right. But in, in Treme... Any community, though. Right, any community. Uh, in Treme, they did the same thing. Um, but the government didn't listen to them. Uh, and the difference, Treme was predominantly black, French Quarter predominantly white. It's a heartache to start seeing those connections yeah. and yeah. to start seeing it being a systemic and not just in the St. Paul it's, area. It's not a coincidence. Yeah. It's, it's a pattern, intentional pattern that's mm-hmm. going around across this country. Stone, I know you joined after the first uh, research projects that were going on. What impressed you about the research that drew you in? That they were performing, is what you're saying? Or the research like- that, that they had... Um, created, uh, did, implemented to, to do the first show? I think it was really impressive just seeing that most of it, correct me if I'm wrong, Scott, is completely student-led. It's all student-led. It's all student-led. It's all student-led. Yeah, so just seeing you guys, especially since me and Javi have known each other for a long time, seeing him be so passionate and driven on this specific topic is something that's like really new to me at least just from how long we've known each other. So like the fact that you guys put this all together by yourselves and went out there and seeked like people and places to like put down on your research and like the percentages, the quotes that you mentioned as well, Moises, just what you said. I just, I'm incredibly impressed, and I'm so glad to now be a part of it. I want to add to what Stone said with that, because sometimes with when young people begin projects like this that are very, that are very social justice-oriented, political-motivated, et cetera, the opposition or the cynics out there say, oh, that's just that organization, that's just that lobbying group, that special interest group. They're just, they're just putting words in these young people's mouths. They're just making them puppets. That is not the case here. Every word you hear on the podcast, every choice that is made in the podcast is made by these young people. The teachers, myself, uh, Haben, Lane, all of us, the facilitators that work with the students, we give parameters, we step back, they manage the whole show themselves. It's beautiful. I would like to mention, we did have someone who was um, trying to feed us words for a little while there. Uh, Needless to say... That's not the case anymore. I love it. So, <laughs> well, there's always challenges in any organizational effort, and um, it's great when the podcast can be able to have your voice and that you claim it as your voice and you claim it for what you want to have be out there that represents 
the youth councils uh, uh, reconnecting Rondo. And with that, we're going to need to go to break. Uh, great, great thoughts, great. And more on a trip, uh, some research that they did uh, that's very exciting that I, I look forward to have you all learn about in our next segment. We'll be right back after a few commercials. Stay with us. Welcome back to Connections Radio Show, where we talk about ideas that matter. I'm Lori Fitz, your host, and we have got the Reconnect Rondo Youth Council, and they are talking about their new podcast series, Voices of Rondo. It highlights youth voices on the history of systemic racism in American transportation policy. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to have the students just go around and introduce themselves, and we're going to start with Javier. My name is Javier, a student at High School for Recording Arts. My name is Moises. I am a student at Brooklyn Center High School. And we've got Stone. Hey, y'all. It's Stone. Uh, I'm a musical producer and a video editor for the Voices of Rondo podcast, and I go to HSRA. Hi, everybody. My name is Erica Lee. I'm a senior at Brooklyn Center High School. And what they have been researching and working on for their podcast is what happened in Rondo. If you do not know... Um, Despite facing significant challenges, including the construction of the Interstate 94 during the 1950s and 60s that destroyed 300 black-owned businesses and displaced thousands of residents, the Rondo community has been preserved. Um, it remains an essential and vibrant African-American neighborhood, even though the I-94 highway cut through Rand Rondo's heart and left a scar in the landscape and the community that has yet to heal fully. I must give credit to Tim Hunt, <laughs> who has given us this wonderful press release that I share that uh, with you all about. We have been hearing the young people's voices. Um, in our last segment, we were talking about how this has not just happened in St. Paul. It's all over the country. And... Erica had some more thoughts on that that I'd like to have her start us off on this segment. Right. So Moises talked about the organization that we found through research called the Claiborne Avenue Alliance in Treme. And so just like with Rondo, Treme is a historically black community who had an interstate ran right through it. And so I just I thought it was interesting being able to draw the connections between organizations such as Clay, the Claiborne Avenue Alliance and Reconnect Rondo. Like the Claiborne Avenue Alliance, their goal is to completely get rid of the highway in Treme and replace it with the boulevard that used to be there. And with Reconnect Rondo and Rondo, their solution is to build a land bridge over the part of 94 in their community. And so I just thought it was really interesting, like researching and figuring out about how each community has different solutions to solve the same problem. And I feel like that kind of just shows you how like, there's not really like a one size fits all solution. Like each community has their own way to solve problems. So that was interesting to me. And you all took a trip. Well, not all of you, but some of you here took a trip um, to do some more research. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to have Javier tell me, what. where did you go? What did you do? So I think, when was it? Like last April? Uh, mm -hmm. We went to Clarksdale, Mississippi. Um, and basically, we were there for a blues camp, but we got a lot of good footage of... Um, 
this place called the Shack Up Inn, which is basically like former sharecropper quarters, which had been turned into uh, rental spaces. You know, you could have um, just like an old, like I said, sharecropper home uh, with fully, fully furnished, like Wi-Fi, air conditioning, stuff like that. Uh, probably a hundred feet away from a cotton field. How did that make you feel, Stone? Not, it wasn't a fun experience, I'll say the least. I mean, like, it was It was great because I knew I had Scott and Javi by my side, but seeing stuff of the such and just, like, understanding how hot these metal shacks are inside and watching people use them for profit without, like, any showing of what the actual history is behind them. They just think they're cool-looking things in a field of cotton. It's, like, it's disgusting. I'm... I was disappointed. It was really insight onto how that worked because you can hear about it. But when you're up north and you don't get to see and you're in a city, you don't get to see as much of that. So I was really kind of like separated from the actual facts until I got to see it with my own eyes and see people staying there. So it sounds like there was almost like two reactions. One reaction was this is where people stayed. This is where people lived. This is how they were treated. And then the exploitive second part. Yes. Now it's being turned into like a Disneyland. Exactly. Of, you know, this is this is where you can go pretend and, you know, relive the experience uh, in, in a disrespectful way. Yes, 100%. Erica, what, what were some of your thoughts when you were there? I mean, I just thought that that was one of the most, like, utterly disrespectful things I've ever seen in my entire life. Like... I just feel like it would only be right if this was black-owned and a place for the black community to go and mourn about our ancestors' lives. And so I just, I thought it was really disgusting, like Stone said, about like how it was white-owned, it was used for profit. Like, they just treat it like this is not a big deal when it really is. Mm-hmm. I feel like if maybe they would have, you know, even if it, you know, say that it was still white-owned, even if they had turned it into like a museum or just a place of recognition in any form, that would have just like made things so much better. I know in Memphis, I was very moved going to the Civil Rights Museum where you could see the Lorraine Motel. You could see mm. where Martin Luther King Jr. had been killed, where you could sit on a bus and feel like what it was like and hear the voices and how they created the reenactment so that you could be empowered by the education and connect in a powerful way versus hearing about, you know, a a zoomed up, (laughs) you know, uh, air conditioned Wi-Fi, you know, Uh, pretend for, you know, like almost like a Halloween. That's the thing. It's like, I personally don't believe that we should just completely remove them Mm -hmm. because they're important parts of history. And I think that's something to be witnessed and learned from, but definitely not exploited for like a cool, like attraction Mm -hmm. or look, you can stay in these shacks that slaves were forced into. Into. Mm-hmm. It's like it's just a sad thing that people are using it in the specific way that they're using it. Like Javi said, it can really be a memorial or a museum way for people to learn. And, and how much different is that than you know dressing up for plantations in Ex- the plantation parties? Dude, you know, yeah, it, it has that that same sort of you know ugliness. I just wonder like what in their heads made them think that was okay. Like what was their train of thought there? 
My question is, the people who stay there. <laughs> like, why? Which we saw people staying. Oh, that's yeah. all of certain. all of them were white people. Yeah. Yes. I don't. I don't think any person of color would touch. Why that would you? Why would you want to? <laughs> yeah. No. For sure. There's just zero, like, real purpose for them to be making those rental spaces. It was just an uncomforting it's, sight it's for sure. It's definitely. And there was like a food court and everything. Yeah. Wasn't there like a bar there too? Yeah, there was a bar, a food court. They had like a little, like, God, what do you call it? it? Not like a garden, but like a little cafeteria, I guess. Yeah. It was just sickening, man. You know, what's significant, the real tragedy dichotomy of that, that experience is that it sits on the original site of the Hobson Plantation, which is where the first mechanized cotton harvesting, the first mechanized cotton uh, combine that could plant, harvest bale, et cetera, was used, which spawned the Great Migration. Mm-hmm. I completely and now it's a juke joint. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, it would have been something if uh, they set up that business and no one attended, like, no one stayed there. Um, because like you know it's disgusting, right? Like why why would you stay in those? But people actually go there and stay in those uh, rental businesses, which make it even more disgusting. I forgot. I also Scott, correct me if I'm wrong, but there was this guy who said that uh, he owns one of the buildings, right? Yeah, like yeah. Mm-hmm. like he just lives there. Yeah. Question for you: um, Is this going to be part of your next segment? Your next podcast is going to be talking about this experience going down. Yeah. yeah. Um, the first podcast, I believe, ends on a somewhat of a cliffhanger. Yeah, yeah. Because um, it showed... Showing the video. It, yeah, yeah, it did yeah, show the video. video. It, it showed footage, which yeah. was just, like, horrific. So please go to listen, <laughs> listen and watch, because it, it's a great setup for the yeah. next. But I, I thought that at the end of the segment, uh, at the end of the podcast, that you were talking about this being um, what was going to be the topic of your next... Mm-hmm. You want to give us any other quick preview of what yeah. that looks like? In our next episode, we go much more in depth than we can go in, you know, right now, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I I don't want to say too much other than just go watch it. All right. And for folks that want to uh, be able to go watch the first segment, you can go to reconnectrondo.com, and then there's a news tab. Or you can just go to YouTube and type in Reconnect Rondo. Um, I'm going to have you all stay with us. We have to go to a few uh, commercials, a quick break, uh, but we're going to have one more segment to talk about what's the future look like? Uh, what's the Youth Council going to be doing? What's up? What uh, What does this all mean? And how does this tie to a land bridge coming up and all sorts of good things with Reconnect Rondo? So stay with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Connections Radio Show, where we talk about ideas that matter. And we have had just an extraordinary uh, show today with some extraordinary students who've been working hard to share the message of reconnecting Rondo, uh, the history, the challenges throughout our country with systemic racism that have impacted uh, communities of color. Want to thank all the various people that have been involved with this. Scott Harold, uh, CEO and founder of Rock the Cause, it's been a heart heart journey for him. Tim Hunt, who has recently joined, is their marketing and PR. 
We've got Moises Puente, who uh, has been a host and narrative writer, video editor. Thank you for all the work you do as well. Erica, Brooklyn Center High School show host, narrative writer, video editor. Javier Soto, who is a high school for recording arts, is with uh, that high school. Is also a show host, narrative writer. Stone Williams, you've recently joined. You work with the audio and video editing, music composer. Uh, but not speaking on air and observing is our friend Claire Nybeck. We're going to do a special call out to Claire. Uh, Claire has been a camera operator, video editor, audio editor, researcher, narrative writer. And as this group calls you, you are the thunder behind the scenes. So thank you very much. And Rick Bernardo, big thanks. Rick helped make this happen. He has worked with um, our both Tim and Scott to help bring this together. And with that, I'm going to have Scott and Tim say a few words. And then at the after they say a few words, I'd love to have the students share with us a call to action. What, what, what do we, how should we be thinking about this? Not only do I want you to listen to their podcast, which is on reconnectrondo.com, hit the news, or go to YouTube, Reconnect Rondo. Um, I'm going to ask them to ask you to be thinking about what you can do to make a difference. But I'll start with Scott. You know, I, I think with this project, um, you know, this this podcast will be an ongoing series with these young people. It is workforce development. Um, the students can work up to 20 hours a week and earn $16 an hour. And these, everything that you're hearing right now that we're discussing, these are all transferable job skills. Um, one of the things that's great about Reconnect Rondo is that it is about restoring economic access to historically marginalized populations of people. And this program that we have with these interns really embodies that in so many ways. And so I, I believe full-heartedly, you know, being the, the, the vocational discovery director at High School for Recording Arts, that there needs to be more meaningful youth for youth workforce development out there. You know, there's been so many programs like shop, arts, et cetera, that get cut from the programs in, in favor of this fear that we're going to be dominated by another nation in math and science, et cetera when there are real career skills that young people can make a living at that could be taught in our schools and our communities and programs. Big shout out to HSRA High School for the Recording Arts. Thank you. I will just second everything uh, uh, Scotty said um, because, you know, working for Reconnect Rondo, this is more than a bridge, right? We are not only trying to restore and reconnect a community physically, but we're, we're trying to reconnect the, the social, the, the economic, the cultural fabric of what's, what was once a vibrant African-American uh, neighborhood. So in doing that, the youth voices are so, so critical. Right. So when you think about all the big things that have happened relating to you know, whether it's civil rights or any movement, the youth have been a critical voice in that. And so this project is no different. And so I'm so grateful that we have such vibrant, intelligent, excited, passionate youth uh, to be a part of this project. And with that. Stone, what would you like the audience to be thinking about? Um, one thing I especially want is this is a call out to people specifically living in Rondo. I just want more conversation about everything that's going on and what changes you'd make to your community, what you see happening in your community. Because I know a lot of people who live there and a lot of people who don't exactly understand everything happening, the gentrification that's going on, what even the Lambridge was. This is my first experience with 
plenty of these changes and the oppression and history behind Rondo. So I just want people from Rondo to specifically just listen to what we have to say, maybe have a conversation with your children about it and let them know the history that we've experienced. Erica. So I think the biggest call to action that I have for the audience is just to get out there and educate yourself. I feel like a lot of people have a misconception that problems that affect black and brown people are only for black and brown people to learn, but everybody's got to learn. In order to start in order to solve a problem, you first have to acknowledge it. So I just say get out there, read a book and start learning. Javier. I kind of want to reiterate what Erica said. <clears throat> Please, you know, if you're from Rondo, if you're from Brooklyn Center, if you're from wherever, if you're from Timbuktu, it doesn't matter. Please just educate yourself about where you live, about your community, and about what matters to you and, you know, the people around you. Uh, I'm going to have to agree with uh, both of y'all. Um, you know, get out there, research, you know, you know, you know, look at me. You know, before joining this program, I didn't know any of this. So, and, you know, that's a, that says a lot about, you know, the education system. So, you know, just, you know, read research, you know, do your own research. Don't, you know, be relying on someone else for information. You know, yeah, just seek it out. You have to seek and, it out. And be open to participating. Yeah. If I could give uh, everyone one point. Um, the Rondo Commemorative Plaza is in the heartbeat of the Rondo neighborhood is a phenomenal first stop to understanding the history of Rondo. It's it's run by Mr. Anderson, who is the founder of, if you know, Rondo Days. Um, so a wealth of knowledge um, exists in Rondo. So the information is there. Um, it's free to, 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 to go. So the Rondo Commemorative Plaza um, is a great uh, place to go to get some of the education. And I'm going to plug Rondo Days. I love Rondo Days as well. Yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's a great experience uh, to celebrate in the summer. So connect, which is all about our Connections radio show. And I want to do a deep thank you to each of you coming here, sharing about the podcast, sharing about your vision, sharing about uh, making the world a better place, uh, and encouraging the audience to be part of it, to connect, to support, to do something. Um, so I also think you should go down and, you know, visit a restaurant and, uh, yeah. go enjoy yourself. There's a lot of fun things to do. So many local businesses in Rondo that I've gotten to see, just like, even if they look from the outside, like, oh, it's kind of like a sketchy thing. It's like, they have beautiful <laughs> foods and culture. We have so many different cultures here. I mean, like, it's, it's wonderful. It's celebration. Bobby yeah. and I went to Best Steakhouse. Oh, my God. Yes! <laughs> The food in Rondo is so Dude, amazing. The fried rice spot that we went to? Oh my god. Fried gosh. rice spot. It's, it's a it Thai is, place, right? Yeah, it's a Thai, That's and there's the a Vietnamese space right there. Oh. Well, I'm going to have to go there. Yes, please come with us. Fantastic food, fantastic businesses, fantastic people. Fantastic people. Yeah. I know we're running out of time, but uh, just uh, as I'm hearing everyone talk, uh, another thing to that I am super excited about that the Rondo, what's good for, for Rondo is good for Minnesota. So it's about, we're talking about Rondo, but really this project, this podcast, it's what's good for, for Minnesota. It's what's good for, for everybody. You can see the connections between New Orleans, Mississippi. So this is not a project in a vacuum, right? It's a project that matters to so much that's happening in Minnesota. Minnesota and this nation. So, and I'm formally inviting you all back after your next podcast. All right. I want to hear more. All right. 
Thanks so much for listening to Connections Radio Show. We're so glad that you're a part of what we do in making a, a difference. 